From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you are going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Think It Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson, and I'm excited to be back with you guys again for another week of the show. I know you're probably going, where's Kyle? Uh, Kyle had a family emergency, and so he had to take care of that. And so the recordings that we do today uh, are going to be not with Kyle. So the next couple of recordings, you probably won't hear Kyle, but no worries. He will be back. I don't want our line to blow up going, where's Kyle? Where's Kyle? But he will be back. And But we appreciate you guys being here today with us. Just don't forget, if you want to join the conversation, uh, it's 248-301-2010. It's 248-301-2010. And of course, it's thinkitoutloudmedia.com. Don't forget to rate and review us everywhere you listen to this podcast. So if it's Apple, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podchaser, any of those places and more, go ahead, give us that five-star rating as well. And then, of course, follow us and subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes or anything that we have going on. And so we appreciate all of you uh, again for being here. So we're going to just jump right into our episode today. The story that you're going to hear today is going to be difficult to hear. I'm just I'm going to warn you just from the from the get go that it's going to be difficult to hear. And, you know, but it's a needed conversation. Uh, I was just talking to our guest right before we came on and was just telling him I was talking to my wife and I don't even want him to have to go through the story again. But the story of his son is so important, especially if you have children or obviously we have nieces and nephews and, and different things like that. It is important for you to understand, you know, your children, the devices that are in their hand and what is possible. And so today we're going to talk about Walker Montgomery. He was a 17 year old young man who had an amazing life, just an amazing life. And our guest is going to talk about that here in just a second until he died by suicide on December 1st, 2022, after falling victim to a sextortion scheme on Instagram. And today, our special guest is his dad, Brian Montgomery. You may have seen his story on Fox News. And we're just going to walk through kind of his family dynamic, what happened that night with his son, how that happened. And Brian joins us now on the show. Brian, welcome to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. Hey, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks for having us. And uh, we, we appreciate the opportunity to tell our story and continue to hopefully help help some others avoid this same trap that, that Walker fell into and has been a catastrophic event for our family. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And as I was saying to you um, before we, we got on the air, I appreciate and I'm, I'm so grateful that you're willing to tell this story. But I want us to start. I want us to start just talking a little bit about your family, because when I was listening to your story, one of the things that struck me is 
just how all-American family that you guys are. Like that picture that people think about of how the family used to be in America. Tell us a little bit about, just describe your family, your family dynamic. Yeah, so I appreciate the opportunity to tell tell about that a little bit. You know, we're obviously every family, I mean, as as people, you know, you, you want to try to not set that expectation too high of what we were and what we were not. I mean, obviously we weren't perfect. Uh we had a lot, you know, just like any other fans. James and I but my wife and I really always saw a huge importance in trying to create a family environment that would just bring us together as a family. Uh we see we just always had the the reality in our mind of seeing families that were broken, whether through divorce or uh, just parents not not being at home as often as they should be, putting work above family or putting uh, their own self interest, whether that be you know just carnal activities or whether that was just things they enjoyed doing. And, and again, we weren't perfect at that, but we really did give it a lot of effort, and to the point that you know we, I mean. Every weekend we were together uh, working. We our our interests. Uh, we uh, I'm in ag. I have a crop insurance agency uh, based here not far from our house in Starkville, Mississippi, with some partners. Uh, we also have a crop consulting business um, where we're. I mean, we've been in my career has been in ag since I got into college. We farm a little bit. We own uh, recreational property for for hunting and fishing, and some of those properties we also farm and just. So, I mean, just a real, our culture is, is that, I mean, it's rural America, it's, it's athletics. My daughters play softball, my Walker and his younger brother play football. Uh, they played softball, you know, coming up, I mean, baseball coming up and just, you know, my passion personally has always been archery and, and big game, uh, hunting, um, bow hunting. And so that was always my passion. I mean, just, just, that was what kept me centered coming through high school and college and, and when things felt like they were going a direction I didn't need to go, I were always had kind of that, you know, interest to bring me back to a, to a, a more, just a, a clean lifestyle, if that makes any sense. And so those those are the activities that we did on a regular basis. I mean, Walker and I, we traveled around. He he was able. He drew a New Mexico uh, antelope tag, archery tag at 13 years old. Anybody that's that's bow hunted knows that's a, a spot and stalk hunt on public land. Very difficult hunt. He was successful on that hunt, and I went out there. I mean, the trip of a lifetime. If I could, I mean, that was absolutely one of my favorite hunts, one of my favorite times, especially now that I think about all of the you know time he and I were able to spend together. Then I drew that tag a year later, and he went with me on my hunt. So you know, just those kinds of times, we we were just always together. And so you know, I think that the reason that's important is just to talk through what happened. Is you know, I really felt like we were insulated from anything having that type of opportunity to enter into our house, you know, in, in the avenue of who Walker's friends were, uh, one of the best group of friends that you could imagine. I mean, these, these boys are in and out, are in church, you know, every weekend, their parents are good people, good families. I mean, solid, encouraging people. And, you know, just absent of drugs, alcohol, any, any of those types of vices, you know, just, just, we weren't ex- he wasn't, our family hasn't, hasn't exposed to, been exposed to those kinds of things. And, and look, we understand that, I mean, nobody's perfect and you can't create an environment that's perfect. So when I paint that picture, I don't want people to hear, well, they, you know, they were living a lifestyle that we can't achieve. And that's not, that's not it at all. I mean, cause we all have things we want to do. We all have things that, 
that are temptations and 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 create problems and we work through those things just like any other family does but the overarching culture of our family was was a was a culture of, of god and family and work and that's just who we it's who we are and i mean when we get off this podcast this is a saturday morning we get off this podcast we're going we've got some 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 farm work to do and we're going to go do that continue we'll continue that with walker not here so it's even difficult more difficult now because he he truly was a workhorse of our family. I mean, he and I did a lot of the things that need to be done. So, but that's who we are. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know, it's just important for you guys, the listeners, to hear that. Because one, you know, we have moved so far away from being intentional about our families. A dad being present. The dad actually being present in the children's lives. And not just, you know, coming home and, and you know, sitting sitting watching sports all day and not having a clue what their kids are doing, you know, who their kids are, uh, all of that. And so I think it's just really important. I've just taken a little side note to say, you know, that's something that, yes, none of us are perfect. We're human. So we're all going to be subject to human, you know, things happening. But if you at least can build a structure for your family, if you can build this safe haven of, hey, here's what you can expect. And it's, it is good bones. It's good things. Then your children and your family, that legacy can be built. And so I just thought that was important to highlight. So Brian, all of this, you know, you've, you've got this family dynamic. This is kind of what happens. You felt you know, obviously as a dad, hey, you know what? We've been blessed. We're blessed to be where we are. And life is just moving full steam. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, December 1st happens and literally everything I would assume that you thought was <laughs> was almost, you know, just we're just going perfect, just came to a screeching halt. Can you tell us and you know start beginning to tell us a little bit about what happened what did that day look like before this yeah. tragedy happened yeah sure so i mean i think the to, to back up on the yeah. the culture you know the tendency there is to is is for some some to say well you know you did all that and you had that lifestyle and look and look where you landed and that's a i mean that that's a tendency that's a temptation to 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 think that way but i guess the way i'm choosing to look at it and maybe it's just me trying to trying to directed in a direction that makes me feel better but the way i'm choosing to look at it is is this is such a such a threat that it can enter into anyone's home and we're not protected against it and so um that reality set home for us obviously we didn't know what happened immediately but on december the first with walker taking his own life it just it just became uh i mean uh, uh, our world was turned upside down you know in, a, in an instant and so, so I'll just kind of go through the story of specifically what happened. I mean, you know, the night before where we everybody was normal, um, normal afternoon, Bennett, uh, Walker's younger brother and I went, uh, deer hunting that afternoon. Uh, Walker came home from school. He just got his driver's license. Walker came home from school and, um, went, he, he worked out, um, under our, we have a pole barn and he worked out, he had a workout set under that pole barn and he would work out and, uh, and you know he's he was really working hard for his football position and uh at that point actually the season was over but he was continuing to work out and stay in shape and be ready for the next season and uh, he worked out bennett and i came in from hunting we had supper you know just kind of hung around the, the dining room table you know, 
as a family. You know, my oldest daughter was, was at school and, and she was in junior college, but, but the other Walker and Sarah and Bennett and, and Courtney, my wife's name's Courtney. We all just kind of hung around eating and just a normal night. You know, we talked about Walker just got, we just got in a, a truck uh, for his birthday. Like I said, he, actually he was 16, he introduced and 17 was fine. Uh, he had just turned 16 on November the 1st, and uh, we just got in a truck, and uh, we were talking about kind of picking at him. He wanted some some bigger tires. He had just come through Thanksgiving, and we'd worked. He had worked for a really close friend of ours uh, locally. Uh, all The whole Thanksgiving holidays to make some extra money to buy him some big tires for his truck. You know, he was, was full-blown full blown redneck, you know. It had, it, it had, uh, it had, it had pop-off tires on it, so he, he wanted to he wanted jack it up and put some bigger tires on it. We kind of picked around about that. And, um, anyway, I mean, we all, uh, went to bed, Courtney, my wife, uh, prayed with the kids and went to sleep and we assumed everybody went to bed, expecting everybody to wake up the next morning. And, um, of course that's not what happened. Uh, at some point around midnight, somebody approached Walker through Instagram, posing to be a young girl. She convinced him to have this, uh, sexual exchange through Instagram, through their video portal. That was around midnight. Um, you know, this conversation was very, the initiation of this conversation was just very normal. Just uh, two teenagers talking about school and sports. And she finally convinces him to, hey, let's fool around, I think was the words that she used. And um, that led to this sexual exchange through what would be kind of like, just like we're doing on Zoom right now. I mean, it's just a video, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, whenever you hit video here today, I, I could see it made me acknowledge that I was on that I was being recorded. Well, that's not how they that's not how they uh, did it. They videoed Walker with an external device, so he didn't know he was being videoed. As soon as that was over with, um, they immediately started asking for money and more than a thousand dollars. And um, I can only imagine Walker's panic. You know, it's really important that we think about really what happened here. I mean, he he wasn't. Uh, sextortion really gets discussed most often as a, you know, exchange of nude pictures, but that's not what this was at all. This was a video of Walker uh, in a very compromising situation that any of us, even as adults, can imagine uh, ourselves in a situation like that, and we can only imagine that that had been recorded without our knowledge and and that being threatened to be sent to everybody that we love and respect and you know people that you know, that we would never want to see that type of video, right? And so that mistake that Walker made by going through with that led to them threatening to send that to all of his friends on Instagram, um, all of his followers. And, um, you know, he panicked. He said, I don't have any money. You know, they just continued back and forth with him about the money. And um, finally they started showing where he was, they were sending these videos out to his friends, which they really weren't, but Walker didn't know that. So he thinks the videos are sent. They're just going down his friend list. And finally, they get to his mother, Courtney, and uh, um, show that th- they were sending a screenshot of their side of, of the messaging portal with that video attached, showing them being sent to those individuals, but they really weren't sending it. And they get to Courtney um, and um, Walker. By this time, this had gone on for a couple hours. And uh, Walker just finally responds, I'm just going gonna, gonna to kill myself. And, of course, they showed no remorse. And, you know, their response was, go ahead, because you're already dead anyway. I mean, just the evil that we're dealing with here is unimaginable. Um, and, I, you know, speaking to students and, and parents, and I spoke to a group of students yesterday, and just for them to get their mind around 
you know, the evil that really is walking around out there. You know, and as Christians, we obviously believe that evil is being motivated by a spiritual component. Whether you believe that or not, you've got to recognize, you know, depravity that we walk shoulder to shoulder with on a daily basis. There are some great people in this world, mm-hmm. but there are also just as bad people that will do anything because they don't understand. They don't understand goodness. They have never experienced goodness, a lot of them. So at some point after that, Walker uh, came down into my office and went into my safe and got a, a handgun and went back up into his room and, and took his own life. And uh, His mom and I, Miss Courtney, Courtney found him the next morning, uh, getting him up to go to school. You know, it's to go back to the culture, the family culture that we worked so hard to create, that was with the best of intentions. It was with the best of ideas and thoughts around really a, a system of insulation, you know, from the bad people of this world. And what we did not fully understand and fully did really didn't fully imagine is that those people now have access to our kids through their technology. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I continue to talk about not from a purpose of just trying to bring blame on myself, but he shouldn't have had that phone at midnight. Mm-hmm. by himself um mm-hmm. i i should have not i should have allowed him to do that but i did and so my message is continue to be to parents is, is don't do that there's nothing good going to happen between 10 o'clock at night night and six o'clock the next morning and if we can't get our schoolwork done during normal business hours we've got too much schoolwork or we've got too many other extracurricular activities and so that's a pretty hard stand it's a pretty hard line but when you think of that cell phone as really what it is, it's a doorway into the world, the worst this world has to offer. And that doorway is is right there in our kids' room with them by themselves at night when they're tired, they're vulnerable, they don't make good decisions. It's not a good idea, not a good recipe. So, yeah, so that's what happened. And um, from that point, you know, to your point, what you kind of led into there is, is our world went from being what we were and we always, Courtney and I both, even our, and our kids, always recognized that the lifestyle that we uh, were afforded was a blessing directly from God. And he gave it to us. Uh, now he's allowed it to be changed. And so we're, uh, we're going to do, we're going to stay on these tracks, keep this train on these tracks as long as we can to try to bring awareness to help other people to make sure that they don't fall into this thing. Yeah. Can we, I want to go back just a, a a little bit and because, you know, I, I, I know people are hearing and they're, they're saying, Hey, you know, he was in this, you know, kind of compromising situation. And I don't think people understand how, or may not understand if you or I were in that situation, right. Think about people who have these well-adjusted families, or I, I think about myself, you know, I, I've been a pastor and, you know, my kids grew up PKs and, you know, all the pressure of, you know, you've got to live up to the standard or or whatever, and you have a pretty good life. And to think that these things are being sent to all the people who love you, adore you, think you're, you're great, which you, you, you are, you know, we're just not, we're human, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine what Walker was going through in those moments of thinking, hey, they're going to send this and this is not a still, you know, something, you know, this is a an, an act and they're going to send it to my mom. Like, and, and we can talk about a little bit about the the investigation and I, you might get into this a little bit, but 
this wasn't Walker. Like th- this, this was not something that Walker was involved in. And he had been, you know, going, you know, perusing sites he shouldn't have and all of these type mm-hmm. of things. This was a one time incident. So, you know, kind of talk about that. And then I, I want to hear a little bit about when you and your wife woke up, you know, and you're getting the kids up. Like what was going through your mind at that moment mm-hmm. when you found Walker? So let's talk about that just a little bit. I want to hear this was a one time situation. You knew your kid. Like you kind of knew your kid. I mean, you thought he was, you know, but this was kind of a trap that they got. Trap. So so the I mean, when we think about, you know, that what you described there is as, you know, us as we I mean, there's so many different directions you can go with that. But, you know, the reality around kids, Walker was not perfect. He was a very good kid relative to what we would say, okay, these are the things you should do, these are the things you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Walker's lifestyle was marked by more things that he should do than shouldn't. So we can we can all go and we could find all kinds of different examples of people and how they live their lives and and they're just spectrum, right? And so the the reality is and, and I think I will put it that direct that way because not that you know Walker was any better than anybody else. Sure. We're all sinful and we all have problems and we all have obviously we wouldn't be here if, this, if that wasn't the case. But it it's it's the what I kind of talk to the kids about on a regular basis is recognize your vulnerabilities, recognize your blind spot. And in Walker's case, um, you know, the things that we viewed as strengths, the things that we viewed as as assets in Walker's life became a tremendous weakness that night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that he viewed himself the way he did, because at that point it was Walker fighting, you know, this threat on his own by himself. And he had to, he had to figure out a way. And unfortunately the way he decided was the only way he thought that he could move forward because of the risk that we're looking at him. And and so that concept of, I talk about to the kids, you know, Walker had in mind what people were going to say. Walker had in mind how people were going to respond. I think Walker was wrong. I think he thought that people were going to do exactly what these people on the other side were telling him. They were saying, you know, People are going to hate you. People are going to disown you. Your life is over. Nobody's going to accept you. Everything bad you can imagine, hmm. these people were telling him. And so, you know, the the concept of how Satan can create a lie, he is the original liar. Yeah. And and he created a lie in a, in, when Walker was in an extremely vulnerable position and leveraged Walker's own personality, Walker's own strengths against him. Mm-hmm. And so th- that could be different for everybody, right? Everybody's got a different a different place in life and different things that create certain problems. And we think, well, I'm not afraid of that. That wouldn't bother me. It may not, but it's mm-hmm. something else that he's going to use against that person. Mm-hmm. And so he's not, he wants the best. Satan wants the best, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And, and with Walker, he got the best. And so this whole idea around how much stress this threat this trap created it's really hard to quantify you know i almost see it as once walker you know felt himself in this inescapable place that it just started that pressure just built and built and built i also i mean you gotta we've got to understand that walker didn't have a person like me out there talking about it i mean walker viewed it as though he was the only person who was planning to ever have this problem mm. he was he was on an island all by himself as far as he knew He'd never mm-hmm. heard of it, never had any idea that this was something that could happen. If he could have, I think he could have just seen it as this is just a scam. 
mm-hmm. and we could figure a way out of this. You know, if he could have ever had that point of reference to come back to, I don't think, I know he wouldn't have. I know he wouldn't have done what he did. And, um, you know, that all of those aspects are questions that we'll always have and, and things we'll wrestle with and we do on a daily basis. You know, that morning, uh, you kind of walk down that road of how that morning was to me. It was just chaotic. It was like, uh, at moments, there were times where we were, I mean, I've never been in a situation like that where you felt like you really were going to wake up in a minute. It was that foreign. I mean, it's still that foreign. There's still days where like my wife and I both are like, this is not real. It can't be real. It's impossible that this is real. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's no, there's, no, I mean, if you would have lined Walker up with every kid I know, Walker would have been at the back of that line of kids that would have done what he did. It's not possible. It's still, I'm still telling you that it's not possible. We still want to believe that. Uh, there's a chance that maybe he was considering it, but it was an accident. I mean, it's all kinds of, we'll never know those things inside of eternity, right? I mean, it's, those are questions that parents, when you, but when you know somebody like when you walk her, it just doesn't make sense that it could be this, that it, that it could, but you have to go back to, you have to go back to that point of reference of, okay, I've got to think about how would I feel? I was number one, 16, 16 years old. He is not there. I don't think like you and I think. Right. And in as much time as we spent together, you know, the things that I wish I could have told him, Walker, there's never anything bad that would ever warrant you leaving us ever. There's nothing. We will leave, but we'll go to the moon if we have to. Yeah. To keep you safe. Never thought that was a need to even have that conversation because we were so close. So, speaking to those families that are trying to do exactly what we were trying to do, which is insulate. We were trying to insulate ourselves and trying to create relationally between us enough very clear that things like this weren't possible. We were wrong. I would tell any parent, we're in a different place in society today. Our culture with the technology that we're having to contend with, we're in a completely different place uh, than what we thought we were in. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine imagine you wake up one day and you're really in the middle of a fight and a war that you never knew you were even in. You didn't know there was a war going on, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of the picture I want I want parents to hear is you may not understand that you're in a war, but you are. If you don't understand it, you're losing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the world is coming after our kids with technology, yeah, and it's for all kinds of reasons, right? I mean, I, I again as a Christian, I firmly believe that that's a spiritual undertone uh, that's driving driving this this war we're in, yeah. Um, but again, I mean, a person doesn't have to believe that. They, they don't have to believe that to come to the same reality I'm at, which is that they want to leverage your kids for political purposes. They want right. to leverage your kids for certain causes. They want to leverage your kids for profits. There's all sorts of things that they want to leverage to be able to influence your kids to do certain things. And if we don't, if we don't put up some hard stops, we've got some real difficult times ahead of us. Yeah, I agree with that so much, Brian. And, uh, you know, our family has <laughs> kind of know, been known through the years, you know, I have an adult daughter and I also have a 15-year-old daughter right now. And, you know, our family's kind of been known through the years to be kind of strict. And, yeah, I mean, I was I probably super strict on my oldest daughter? Yes. And you know how it is. You, you're the first kid. And then when you get the second kid, you kind of learn a little bit and you know, and, but, you know, with technology, we've always been super strict 
And people say, I can't believe, like, what, can your kids do anything? And it's like, you know, my kid, my 15-year-old daughter is just like your son, right? She's She's yeah. got her iPhone. She wants, you know, she's taking all the selfies, doing all the things, talking to her friends, doing, you know. Yeah. But it's, they don't understand. And like you said, I think you said something super important. They don't even understand that the war that they're in. Walker didn't understand what he was up against because he'd never, this is not his world. Like, this is not his life. He doesn't do this. He was literally ambushed into this situation. And that's why we're, we're, we're doing shows like this is because if you're a parent and you're listening I don't care what your friends' kids are doing. Get it right. You want you don't want your kid to be the outlier. You don't want your kid to go to school and be the one that can't do this or don't have access to this because you know that other kids are going to make fun of them or whatever the case may be. But I cannot urge parents enough to say if you know you have the right as a parent to shepherd your your children to know what they're doing. And even if you think you know, you probably don't know. And we see that here. You could put all the right things in place and still not realize that things are happening. And uh, I go back to a, you know, Focus on the Family did a experiment years ago, and I never forgot it. And they had parents in one room and they had their, the kids in the other room. And they did this, they, they asked the kids, you know, with the parents listening, they said, if you could say anything to your mom and dad, anything, what would you say? And some of the kids said they shouldn't trust us so much. Yeah. That was wild. Now, yeah. and I, and I say this to say to parents who didn't have parameters like you did, who didn't, you know, uh, have the good bones and the good structure of family of refuge. I mean, you know, I look at your situation and say the only way that your family and your other children can probably deal with this the way that they're dealing with this now is because you have such a strong family structure. If you didn't, and I know this happened, even it penetrated this this strong family structure, but if you didn't have this built, I believe that your family, because think about families that don't have this and they still go through this because it's not your fam, just your family. There are non-Christian families. There are families who, who just kind of do whatever the culture is doing and it still happens to their child. And so, uh, you know, I'm grateful to God that the rest of your children has this structure of refuge that they can go to a dad and a mom who can say, listen, kids, if this happens, we're still here. We love you. We're not, you know, like you said, we'll go to the moon to protect you, right? Well, I think that, you know, one thing like, I mean, I just as a, I mean, every day you wake up and there's a, you've got to make a conscious decision. Yeah. Really. I mean, you got to make a conscious decision and that's what life is. And the conscious decision, what your body's telling you is to curl up in a ball and cry all day. Yeah. That's what your body's telling you. Yeah, uh, you know, I say that I speak for my wife, I speak for myself, and that. But I mean, a good example was last weekend was Mother's Day, and and my wife could have been that without any apology. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. because of the need to be parents and the need to, for our other three kids to say, you know what, we love you as much as anything, and we're going to be here for you. She didn't. 
it was a tough weekend, but it wasn't that. And so trying to figure out a life now with that in the background and not let it be everything is an extreme it's an extreme challenge, you know, but I want to go back to, I want to go back to Walker and just talk through there's, there's a point there that I think is really important that we're, our culture has accepted pornography as a just normal, just a cultural norm. Yeah. And you're, there's something wrong with you if you don't want to prove pornography. Right. And so that the only thing we found on Walker's phone was pornography. Uh, 16 year old boy, if you'd asked me before this happened, you think Walker's looking at pornography? I'd have said, yeah, probably, you know, probably so. Uh, he's 16. I know what I'd have been doing if I'd have been 16 and had right. it in my pocket. Yeah. You know? Yep. Because when I talk, when I talked to dad and I did a conversation a couple of days ago with a group of people, you know, men and women, I was like, you know, just being honest, uh, whenever we were kids, when we were coming up 16, 17 years old, they were magazines. That's where sure. the pornography originated from. Yep. And, and most of us looked at them. Yep. Okay. You know, some kids were very well protected and they didn't, but most of us did. Yeah. And, um, so What's that? Why is that important? Well, the reason it's important is that I believe that that night Walker viewed this just as one step further in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I believe. I believe he he saw that just as just as an, another something very similar to what he had looked at before on his phone. He wasn't a, what I would consider a porn addict. He wasn't doing it all the time. He was something he that he you know he did. But my point in saying that is that the magazine-based pornography didn't lead to this. It didn't lead to a trap that would end with your... I mean, Walker's obviously is the worst-case scenario that led with his life, losing him losing his life. Yeah. Versus some of these kids, it's it's they're having to completely relocate their families because the kids at their schools have disowned them. You know, some of these kids have got are going to have a complete life change because of this mistake that started i talked to the kids about being conditioned they were conditioned to believe that this was a safe place mm-hmm. wasn't a big deal this was mm-hmm. just a sexual urge and we fulfilled it you know and this is it mm-hmm. but that's not the case that's not the truth the truth is that it that it's a trap being set for kids for especially young boys mm-hmm. and um we can't tolerate that we can't tolerate it. there are too many ways that that can go and we're just now thinking down the road of uh, imagine how artificial intelligence is going to play into that. You can't imagine. We right. can't imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, there is a legal side, obviously, of this. And yeah. um, I know you not, might not be able to say everything, but so, you know, these perpetrators, these people who I think we found out that they were in Nigeria. I actually saw a story just recently. I think it was like a week or two ago of yeah. another young man who I think they actually caught the uh, they brought him into custody. These these Nigerians who have, have you know, perpetrated this. So where is this case now? Like what, how is, how do we get justice, at least some justice for Walker? Yeah. So the, the case you're referring to was a different set of suspects. Um, the FBI has identified suspects in Walker's case. And um, I can't really say, cause I don't know where they're at in that, in that process. The FBI has been extremely helpful. Uh, they've been very encouraging. I mean, I've, I pray and I believe that we will we will get to the bottom of who was on the other end of that computer that night and um, figure out who it was. I, I believe we will. And the FBI has been encouraging from that. I mean, not not to the point of of uh, giving us false hope, but 
just telling us to be patient that they're working hard and trying to figure out how to move forward. So I can only imagine the red tape between, you know, here in Nigeria, you know, having to work through that, but I'm confident we'll, we'll come up with who that is and uh, hopefully get them extradited back to the United States where they can stand trial for Walker's death. And, you know, what those charges will end up being, I don't know. But personally, I need to look that person in the eyes. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I can only, yeah, I can only imagine being a dad myself. You need to have that moment to to yeah. look that person directly in their eye. And our prayer, obviously, and I, I want our audience to pray that, you know, they find these suspects, that they are brought to justice and that everybody that's listening really become more aware of this. Don't listen to the story and, and just move on. The reason why I even have Brian on retelling this story is so that we can have exposure to this. It's a biblical concept. We This is darkness. Yep. We need to bring this to the light. And we want to see children all over the world be free from this. And so just, you know, in our last few minutes, Brian, can you tell us, and I know you talk with a lot of students and, and parents and mm-hmm. go to schools and different things like that. And I know, obviously, before that night, you probably didn't really even know this was a thing. Tell us a little bit about, like, as you've been out, like how prevalent, I mean, I'm sure you get messages and calls and different things like that. How prevalent is this that you're hearing? Yeah, it's very prevalent. We're we're hearing it. I mean, I'm, I'm probably averaging a message. Usually it's through my Facebook page. That's where we're right now. I'm encouraging people just to follow us at and keep track of what we're doing. But usually it's through Facebook. There are, you know, messages of, of parents that are found themselves in a situation. It's very prevalent. It's amazing. I mean, here's the here's the kind of the reason behind it is, you know, this this scam was always thought about a really position towards girls. You know, the the girls were were the ones that were the ones that they were trying to get the get to bite into this into this world. And and what's changed is they figured out that boys are a lot easier to get to trick. I mean, they'd have to call on you know encounter a thousand girls to get one to pay money or give content. With boys, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 100, you know, it's a lot fewer, you know, a 16 year old boy, uh, you know, I tell the boys all the time, you know, your blind spot is that you have a physical need for sex. You need to acknowledge that and recognize it. It's a blind spot and it's Mm -hmm. something that'll lead you places you shouldn't go. And so um, that ramp up when they figured out, they figured out the combination to how to to be successful at at getting boys to pay Cause that's what they want the money. They want the money or they want you completely destroyed. I mean, that's what they're in, in here. It goes are. Cause that's, that's the point with Walker. I mean, they got to the point in this conversation where they recognized they weren't going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have just, they could have very easily just let him off the hook, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they kept applying the pressure. So it's not good enough that they don't get paid. If they don't get paid, you know, they want to hurt you. You know, the things that we're trying to figure out and the things we're trying to do, you know, this, this, the point of this is to raise awareness. So it doesn't happen as often because, you know, if a, kid does get tricked and fall into the trap we want to recognize he's not by himself she's not by herself and there's a way out okay but ideally don't fall don't fall for the trap Mm -hmm. don't fall for it okay so that's 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 the awareness angle of preventing this going forward the other angle that we're working really hard on is trying to legislatively require tech companies to give some protections to minors you know and I, i don't want to continue to really emphasize we're talking about kids. If you want to, if you're an adult and you want to spend all day 
on Instagram, TikTok, you call it, whatever you want to do. I mean, that's your right. Adult, do what you want to do. Right. But but what I am in the business of is giving parents tools and preventions to keep a very dangerous product out of kids' hands. And the reason that's important, I think to your point, what I picked up on a while ago, you talked about your your household. Lots of households, we've kind of, we've gotten to a place now, lots of households have tried to prohibit technology. And I wish I would have prohibited technology because Walker would still be here. But we're at a point where we really can't take that approach. There are too many things that depend on it. Yeah. And so, you know, addiction and addiction is just a, it, it's just a dependency, right? I mean, it's yeah. a dependency. So in my business, you take away my computer, my iPad, my telephone, you take away those things. I can't do business. So I'm dependent. Okay. Right. Another word for dependent is I'm addicted. I've got right. to add it. I don't have, I don't have a way around it. I've got to add it. We don't like to use those, we use those words interchangeably, but they are really the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's really no different. I mean, to a lesser degree, slightly with our kids, but not much because our assignments are coming through the telephones, our appointments are being scheduled through our telephones, all our communications are being communicated through our telephones. So this aspect of, well, just keep, just take the phones away. That's not a solution. Right. And our culture has created a society around us that this is a requirement for us to function socially. Yeah. And so to tell me, just take it away, that's not an option. So if it's that, if that's not an option, you're producing a product. I believe you need to be able to give me tools to protect my kids from the bad things that are going to originate through your services. And so legislatively, we're trying to get a, a bill called the Kids Online Safety Act enacted and passed, and it's directed at kids. It's directed at giving parents tools to be able to monitor and provide oversight for their kids. It requires that if there's an outside person they can't send a message directly to my kids it has to be funneled back through me activation of the account and lifting of any of those restrictions has to be followed through the parent and so you know you said something earlier about you know the the reality around parents and our rights as parents well that's a i mean that's a right that they're really trying to degrade i mean the the culture we live in today they don't want the parent to be the middle person between their messages and your kid that's right. They want to go directly to the kid. And so they're making arguments of First Amendment rights that our kids have independent of a parent. And nobody has more vested interest in my kids' well-being than I do. That's right. Nobody. That's Nobody's right. invested in many meals, as much time, as much heartache, as much tears as I have. My yes. wife and I are the number one people that have the most vested interest in my kids' success in life. That's right. And so our... Our culture is going to have to stand up to that reality sooner than later. Yeah. Because the outside world, and when I say the outside world, I'm not really, I mean, because there's a lot of people on the conservative side of this table that won't stand up and make that statement boldly. That's right. And my my intent is for them to pay a political price for that. Yeah. So we're not going to stop. I mean, we're not going to stop singing that song because we can make the argument that, that the depravity of this world can that adults can take it take can take that in mm-hmm. but as a parent i want the ability to prevent that and hold that out yeah you you make so many good points there brian and and one of them you know you talk about legislation and how you want this to get pushed and so, as you know some people listening to this may get angry with me when i say this but i'm going to say it this is why it's so important what side uh, you need to vote for the right people because here's yeah. the thing if you think that the people 
who are in government now that is more concerned about your kids' genitalia and what sex they are and, you know, going into the schools and pumping all of this ridiculous, you know, these drag queens and, you know, story hour and all of these type of things. This is not, and, and I'm talking to mostly Christians here. These are not the people who are going to back Brian up. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast and you go, hey, you know what? I really want to help Brian. I don't want to see this happen again. Okay. The politicians that are on the side of drag queens reading stories to your children, the politicians that are on the side of the reassignment surgery for your children without your consent, these are not the people that are going to back Brian when he goes to say, hey, we need to get this legislation passed. Because here's the thing, they don't care about your children as much as they say they do. And they will tell you that they're the ones who care more about your children because they're the ones that are listening to your children and listening to what they. Here's the thing. Brian said it perfectly. No one cares about your kids more than you do. How are you going to tell me that you care about my kid? My wife birthed my children and you're going to tell me that you care more about my child or know my child better than I do? You know, it's like Ronald Reagan said, you know, years ago, he said, the worst thing you could ever hear in your life is for the government to say, hi, I am from the government and I'm here to help you. That is the worst what? word you could ever hear. They don't care, folks. It's about money. It's about the narrative that they want to keep going. And I'm sorry, you know, but you guys know this. And if you listen to this show for any length of time, you know this, but the LGBTQ and we listen, let me say this before I get a, a lot of backlash. Here's what I'm saying. You know that we love everyone on this show. I don't care who they are. We're all humans. We're made in the image of God. But what's happening in the world right now, which I would say the Bible talks about being the spirit of the age, it is it is to destroy our children. Why do we have grown men right now talking about the genitalia of your children and being so invested in what genitalia they have? It's not normal, folks. And so, again, all of this stuff works together and it's the same devil that's behind it all. And so we have to stand up with people like Brian. We have to stand against these things and realize that the enemy is out here for our children and he will do everything he can to ambush some of the best kids into doing some of these things. And ultimately, we know what the Bible says. The devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to steal, to kill and destroy. That's what he comes for. But Christ comes to give us life. And that's why we have to be on the side of life on the side of right and on the side of biblical values. It's so important. So important. Well, Brian, I so appreciate you being with us today. I appreciate your family. I appreciate you guys being one of those families that has biblical values, that has the desire to see uh, your children really, really walk in the ways of the Lord and to be on the side of this legislation that is not, you know, I mean, because you guys, like you said, you could curl up in a ball and this could go totally different and you could be very self-absorbed, which I, anybody going through this could just be like, I give up on life. But instead, you've decided to take this 
and use this as a weapon against the enemy's devices. And so thank you so much for what you're doing. What's the best way just to, f- to find you just on, you know, just face, just on Facebook. I mean, Brian Montgomery, uh, search me on Facebook and, okay. uh, I mean, just message me directly. If you need something, um, you know, I'd ask, I'd ask the audience to continue to pray for our family, continue to pray that, that we could, um, continue to, to tell this story and continue to, to be a, you know, a resource for other, other families. And, uh, just pray that God will continue to bless that and, and give us, um, Give us, give us direction on what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say real quick to, if you are a young person listening and you've been involved in this or this has happened to you, or if it ever happens to you, understand this, whatever they're saying is false. It is not true. Yeah. It is a scam. Don't fall for the scam. I don't care if you have to reach us on our line, 248-301-2010. If something happens and you're afraid to tell your parents, we will go to the police for you. We will do everything that we can to help you. But whatever you do, please reach out. There is no such thing as that no one's going to like you and no one. everyone's going to hate you. Everybody's going to be disappointed. That's just simply not true and if you're a parent out there and you you know you don't have safeguards on your kids phones or your phone the kids have their phones like brian said after 10 o'clock listen i do that with my 15 year old daughter her phone goes into a a, into inside of an armrest and a charger on our couch in our living room it is there every night i make sure that i check that it's there every night and so make sure that you're putting these safeguards in because it is so so important again Thank you guys for uh, being with us today and reach out to us uh, if you have any show topic suggestions, if you have questions, if you have feedback, 248-301-2010. Don't forget to rate and review us everywhere you hear us. uh, We appreciate you guys. God bless you. We love you and we will see you next time.